Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome back to the Be Unbound podcast. Uh, I am your host, David Rethemeyer, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Abraham Chen. Abe, how are we doing today? Very well. Uh, We have part two of our musicians episode, and uh, last time we got into a bit about performing and what it's like to get into music, their inspirations and all that. But today, we are going into, again, the nitty-gritty, what it's like to write music, the struggles of crafting music, practicing, that's a big part, (laughs) how much time our musicians practice, and just careers within music. I will stop talking. I'm ready to listen more to these people. They have a lot more interesting stories. Let's get into things. Yeah, absolutely. So just to stress this again, this is part two of our conversation with the musicians. So if you want to look for part one, go look for episode 70, part one with the musicians. And without further ado, since you have listened to that, here is part two. So I want to talk to Donnie and Michael over here. So tell me about uh, the process again with uh, what you guys do, uh, especially with you, Donnie, with teaching, how often do you guys actually spend on practicing music now? I'm kind of curious. How about let's start with you, Michael, with making music. Like, is there a certain practice process? I'm sure that, you know, you learn more as you go along, but what is that like? Yeah, so it's definitely gotten to the point where I think everyone can agree on this, that the longer you do music, the more you realize how little you actually know about music. Um, I think there's a common misconception that at a certain point, like the greatest musicians of all time were all not practicing um, or that they were never receiving coaching or instruction. But the biggest thing that I've learned is that the more I progress into my music career, the less I actually know about it. I'm always discovering something new. Um, I try to spend at least an hour and a half to two hours a day um, in devoted practice. And then on uh, on my days off, And when I'm preparing for like a show or a tour or a concert or something, I'll work on probably up to like four hours a day of rehearsing and getting stuff together for that. Um, One of the biggest things that I heard was a quote of like uh, the, some of the greatest basketball players, you know, Michael Jordan, these, these insane players, they all have coaches and they pay them to say what they're doing wrong. And that just goes to show that even you could be quote unquote at the top of your A game, you could be, you know, pro athlete that everyone's learning from but there's something that you can learn. So for me, it's all about how, you know, my worth as a musician is directly impacted by how much time I put into it. So I always say that you need to be practicing as much as you can. If you think that you know everything, trust me, you don't. And if you want to humble yourself quickly, learn music theory, like really learn music theory. Like you think it's bad when you just learn about major and minor scales, wait until you get into the Greek modes, baby. It's a whole other level. All the different class and and the chord structure. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for for all that stuff, that's really interesting. The the t- the process of learning is something that's different for everyone, and so that's the thing I try to that I try to encourage my students to do because, like, everybody comes to me and they're like, "Oh yeah, I've heard I should practice half an hour a day or like whatever like that," and and I and so they're like, "So so is that actually true?" And generally, my response is, "It might be." But it's but it doesn't it depends on where you are and it depends on how your schedule works. My schedule because I'm teaching classes is like all over the place every week. So I don't like have a time of day every day where I can do that. So it just kind of comes out to, well, when do I have time? And then how much time is it? Sometimes it's 10 minutes, sometimes it's an hour, and other times I just get in the zone and it's like three. So it just depends. 
but it's it's one of those things where you have to balance things out. I think that's what's more important than, or as important, I should say, as, uh, as the time that you put into your practice is how you actually practice. And so that's the big thing is that a lot of people are wasting their time while practicing and they could actually make it more effective. Um, so there's different strategies you can use to do that. And I tried to teach those some of those to my students. And honestly, sometimes it's more instinct than it is like, here's a list. There's basics, you know. There's chunking, which is just breaking things into smaller pieces. Uh, there is uh, overtraining, which is a uh, a technique that you do where you actually play or practice faster than you need to, so that when you slow it down, suddenly it feels comfortable. Um, so there's just different principles and stuff like that, that you can start to integrate integrate in your practice. And there's actually a couple of good books that you can do go and read about that. One of them is called The Talent Code by Daniel Coyle, um, and he he actually has gone through and studied all those things. But it's just different ways that you can go about practicing and improving your 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 stuff. So that's what I typically do. Is it's for me, it's very it's very flexible. It just depends. It's kind of like what I said about going to the gym. Like uh, I heard a story about this guy. Um, I can't remember where I heard this story, but <laughs> it's reputable, I'm sure. Um, but it was about this guy who wanted to go and get into uh, getting more fit. And so what he would do is he would just go and get in the car and drive. Oh, you know what? I, I just remembered. It's Ben Hardy. So Benjamin Hardy, when he was at Apex a couple years ago, he told the story. So I, now I'm recalling where it came from. And he was talking about how his, front, his friend would just go to the gym and spend five minutes there and then leave. And that was like his process. He just got in the habit of every day just going to the gym and then leaving. <laughs> and 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 then eventually, you know, you go and you do like one exercise and then you leave and then it grows over time. And so it's all about just like if you can pick up your guitar once a day, you know, for five minutes, that's great. Because eventually as you start to add things together, it, it'll compound itself over time. That is such a fascinating point. And also really working on how you practice, like you said. I remember for me, so many times it was just, I had to. Also, I had a scary teacher, so that that was motivation. Uh, it got to a point where I was like memorizing like Bach, you know, um, all the different like movements and whatnot. I'm just like, yo, this is like crazy stuff. But um, for the rest of you guys, yeah. Is there something that helps you um, focus with practicing? Is there a certain thing that motivates, you know, besides performance or whatnot, obviously, but um, what does practicing look like practically for you guys? I think for me, um, when it comes to practicing, really what it is for me, oftentimes, just for I guess the hip hop scope of things anyway, um, is just putting on music and just vibing to the music. So, I mean, my approach when it comes to writing music, you know, I dabble a little bit in the producing. I know that Michael that's his thing. Like he excels at that. And I mean, I can, I can, test. you know, he's, he's super talented for me. I oftentimes work with producers to make those beats. So oftentimes for me, sometimes, you know, if you're writing a music, you write the lyrics first and you do the music. Um, for me, I'll put the music on. And if that beat inspires me, then I'll sit there for two hours and then I'll just write something out right there, right on the spot. And that's kind of how I vibe is just, you know, you get the feel for the music. Um, and then that's kind of where the practice comes from is just exposing myself to to musicians or artists that challenge me too. you know, I could list a, a bunch of different artists. Um, one of them in particular, um, Belief, he's a really I think he's a really great rapper. No Big Deal is great, too. And we're talking about the Christian rap in any way. You know, those those rappers, both of them have great wordplay, um, great sentence structure, um, great use of alliteration or syllables. And so exposing myself to that music and listening to it regularly inspires me 
And it kind of gets me thinking on my toes again of like, you know, what sort of things can I write? Um, that's kind of my approach in life. For sure. Could I ask this? I'm curious because this is actually it. something that I've been I've been dealing with. So how do you guys? So if I'm trying to write something, I'm not writer first. I'm more technically interested, but I'm not like the creative writer first. Um, but I've been trying to break into that more recently, especially as I've been trying to get my students to become more involved in that. And so how do you... My problem is that I'll listen to something that I like or I'll, I'll find a genre or something that I like. And then all of a sudden, I'll record something and be like, oh yeah, that's totally original. And I'll go and listen to it goes, why does that sound exactly like what you just listened to? <laughs> and and so you just go and you're like, okay, this isn't this isn't anything new. How do you guys actually tap into like the creative stuff? And I'd be interested um, in, in hearing you guys because I know several of you create original work more than I do. And so I'm really interested in hearing about your, your advice on that. I, I know my, my quote unquote genre right now is uh, very different, but the creative process is always the same. And I was in that same spot for so many years of just, I would listen to everything and be like, oh my God, this is so good. I love this. I'm going to go and sit down. I'd grab my guitar. I'd start playing. I'm like, this is amazing. I'd send a demo. And then a week later, I'd hear a song and be like, Oh no, that's literally the exact same melody. And for me, uh, one of the, one of my music mentors taught me, he was like, okay, to combat that, listen to a song and recreate it straight up. No bones about it. Recreate that song. If you like a song, recreate it a hundred percent and then pick a part. What, what part do you like? Cause we all say, Oh, I love that song. What do you like about it? What do you like about it? Do you like the, the wordplay in this one section? Do you like the syncopation over here? Do you like how the melody sits over here? And then hone in on that because you now you you created it. You know, oh well, if I like the melody over here, I can look at the motif that was used, and oh, I see that they did the syncopation. And then you can take that idea and and put that into something else. And then you go and do that across like fifteen different songs and pick apart fifteen different ideas. And that's how you create something original. Is there's you can never truly sit down and create something that's hundred percent original that's never been done. It's about finding pieces from all across and going, well, I like the wordplay here. I like this guy's drum over here. I like this person's chord progression and then melding it together with a little bit of your own touch and your own style. And that's how I broke into creating original melodies because for the longest time I was like, these people's melodies are, are like soaring and they make you feel emotions and you're like, oh, I'm going to cry. It sounds so epic. How do you do that? And I was just like, oh, it's just ascending melodies with some leaps and some syncopation on, you know, the downbeats. Oh, it's super simple. And then once you do that enough, it becomes ingrained in your head that when you sit down to write something, your brain is already accustomed to the fundamentals. That's why I always stress music theory as much as possible. Like learn the laws so you can learn how to break it. That's awesome. That's really helpful. That's a great idea. That's tough too, because I can definitely say I respect people who write music tunes because as a, a rapper anyway, for me, it's kind of like, I'm just writing the words, the wordsmith to the music, but to actually make an original tune, that that's difficult, you know, because you've heard so many different things. And I know a couple artists, that's the struggle for them. They go, an artist of mine said, I made this amazing song the other day. Does it sound like Adele? And I was like, I don't think so. And they started playing it and I went, oh my gosh, that actually sounds like Skyfall. I'm sorry, bro. You know, I was like, that sounds like Skyfall. So that's, I respect it. That's a really, that's, that's difficult, um, you know, to, to do that for sure. Well, even if you like watch videos with like remixes or mashups, like, you know, you watch and they're like, oh yeah, we take these two songs. They have the same chord progression in a different key, but at the same speed. And you're like, oh, well, what if we just, you know, pitch this one just a little bit and they just like line up perfectly. You know, and you know nowadays, I mean, you guys can also tell me more about what you guys think about playing to a grid. But the um, but uh, overall, like you know, when you're trying to be more musical, and then you end up 
putting everything to a grid and you're working from like a um, very structured kind of way that we do things now today, uh, you, it ends up it may, in a way it's it's helpful in that it makes everything fit together nicely, but then it's also harder to differentiate yourself. So really good points. Matt, how, how do you make songs that make me cry? <laughs> Amazing question. Uh, that's a good question. So there's there's a few different writers who've inspired me with uh, some of the some of that kind of stuff. One of them is Mark Schultz, who's kind of a, a little bit older Christian stuff, but he's got some really good stories. Um, so yeah, he was he was a big inspiration uh, growing up, and so I listened to a lot of him and uh, did some of my work off of that. Um, the the thing with the stories, oh, uh, particularly with stories that would make Donnie cry. I'm not actually sure if I could achieve that. Um, that would have to be something powerfully touching. <laughs> and uh, that, that seems a little bit above my skill level. But I, I think the the thing from from that perspective that I've learned is if it touches you or if it's something that's really from your heart and your own experience, people are going to find that more relatable rather than you just trying to write a sad song. Um, if, if you haven't really experienced what you're trying to write about, it's not going to have that authenticity that I think you need, um, in order for it to be a, a powerful story. So, um, some of the topics I wrote on, uh, I wrote on death quite a bit just because that's something I went through, um, a lot growing up, um, losing a lot of family members and friends. Um, but then my mom also miscarried four times. And so, um, that was a topic I wrote on some too. And it was close to my heart because it was pain that I had personally experienced. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a huge part of being able to capture someone's emotions is where does it coming from, from uh, your your pen, really. Little shout out to like Seth Showalter. I remember when we were at Apex a couple of years ago, I was walking from the parking lot over to... Uh, I think we had just got there and we were walking out of the parking lot and I saw a, a sticker on the back of his car <laughs> and said, and, and there's a, there's a metal band called August Burns Red and it says August Burns Red and it says angry music for happy people. And, <laughs> and I thought that was the most apt description of the style of music I've ever heard in my life. And, and so it's like you, you go and you're thinking about like, okay, well, like what's the intent behind writing a sad song or what is the intent behind like, you know, heavy metal or something that's, that's angry or that like is, you know, gym music. Right. And, and so you end up with different styles and different like people who want to express different things and they express it in different ways, but they all tend to have like this uh, almost therapeutic like feel to it because you're, you're using this type of, of outlets to, to kind of relieve yourself of the things that you can't otherwise get rid of in a productive way. So there's there's lots of interesting things that go in with that. But what you were saying, Matt, was was really pertinent uh, about how you write. And, and I think even on a unbound note, if I can just say that is genuinely one of my favorite points about community. And again, just this podcast right here, we have music that's like all over the place. We got rock, we got like Southern gospel, we got hip hop, we got electronics and all that. And so as a community, being able to tap into what everyone else is listening to, exploring different emotions and stories uh, is part of what makes the Unbound community so fun. Every every year going to Apex and hearing like we have these collab playlists on Spotify where people just like drop in all sorts of stuff. And you're just like, man, um, the, the differences and, and all that is so, so cool. So I want to drop this question for you guys. We've mentioned, we've dropped a lot of names that have inspired us over the years. What, let's talk inspiration. What are some artists who have 
inspired your style? Like we talked about some people kicked you off and all those things. But Michael, how about for you? What is the artist that has inspired you and you kind of look to with some of that, you know, that story or some of that imitation that you're talking about? Yeah, that's actually a really hard question. I used to have that like on blast. I'd be like, oh, mm. clearly NF or AJR or yeah, you know, yeah. old music. Um, <laughs> but it's really gotten, you know, as I've gotten more into music, I literally listen to every genre. I will go from listening to country music from like Gordon Ramsay, um, like style, like British country music, which is a genre I never knew existed. British country music. I'll go from that to metal, to Swedish, to bagpipes, everything and everything in between. Um, right now, I would say my heavy music inspiration, uh, as weird as it sounds, is the Chainsmokers. And everyone's like, oh, the people that made Selfie, the people that made Closer. But a lot of their their more recent music, including like their Sick Boy album, was so much centered around like actual problems that America faces. And like, how do you craft storytelling in a way that appeals to a large audience, but you're still able to be creative because when you get to a certain point, and this is the problem that I'm facing now, I have to balance between, I want to release music that I want to have a good story, but I have to appease a fan base. I have to, you know, if I'm playing at a club or something, I have to have people enjoying the music. So I can't be like, Hey, life isn't that great. Everybody should cry sometimes. No one really like enjoys that. So the, the, the problem is, you know, how do you word that in a way that everyone can relate to when they're listening to it on their own, but still enjoy in a social setting? So the Chainsmokers do that very well with a lot of their music. That's just a couple of mine. That is so cool. Um, yeah, let's talk inspiration. How about um, Donnie? Far up before you now. So I mentioned earlier that like what originally got me into it was really old rock. And, and there was something about that that was just different than my homeschooled self had ever heard before. And so it was very, it was kind of like one of those things was like, whoa, there's electric guitar. We have these like things that you can do like, you know, um, and, and like I said, it was a few years before I discovered the long hair and leather pants, but, um, I, which I never really, never really got into for the record, but, uh, the, the music and stuff was always something that like broke out and just like excited me as, uh, and I really admired a lot of players from that time. So like, um, inspirations would be like, you know, Van Halen, Aerosmith, Def Leppard, um, Bon Jovi was there for a while, but they're kind of fading out of favor at the moment. And then, um, a couple other ones that were, that are like, that are in that, in that genre, um, journey. Um, and so uh, those ones were like originals. Now what's kind of shifted in the last like five or six years, um, I, it has become a little bit more modern, 90s to like 2000, 2010 kind of era stuff. Um, so you have like um, different, different more uh, like heavier rock bands like, um, oh, I'm thinking about like uh, Breaking Benjamin and Skillet and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, there's a couple other ones that are kind of in that area like Decipher Down or Disciple. Um, thousand foot crutch, you know, all those kind of bands and that sort of thing uh, are are ones that kind of inspire me now. But honestly, if I had to like choose like somebody who like actually inspires me the most to make music right now, like one person or one band is uh, they're called Polyphia and they're actually a modern band. They've they've been around since like 2018. And I can see Michael over there and they are like co- totally amazing. Like I, I you can go and look them up on YouTube or on Spotify. But my favorite song from them is called 40 Ounce, um, 40 OZ, and it's one of my favorite ones. I listen to it in the car and I nearly blow like blow the subs out of my car every time I I, I drive around with that thing on. Um, and uh, they're they're awesome. Like the technical proficiency for that for their music is like 
so far beyond anything else I've heard. Um, and and even if I like I go and I listen to like traditional classical music or something like that, it's like on that level of complexity. And sometimes I, I just like I, I I just sit there. And it's one of those things you can listen to and just like lose yourself in because it's so heavy, but it's also just a great paradigm because a lot of times they use clean guitars. So you have clean guitars with just great bass and great arrangements. So it's it's like proof that you don't need to have metal screaming and and heavy guitars and you know down tuned to like drop B um, in order to end up with something heavy. You can also build that with just masterfully crafted music. Hundred percent. I okay. Let me just say, uh, Michael, you will back me up on this. If you don't hear anything or learn anything from this podcast, go check out that band. That shout out to Donnie for showing me that track in that band. It's blue, like t- completely changed my life. It's so good. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. But Jay Lloyd, um, how about for you? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, Donnie, I have to check out that band now because I've never heard of it. I'm never going to check it out. <laughs> Yeah, we got they're, they're amazing. And I, yeah, you'll love it. <laughs> um, let's check it out. Um, I think for me, um, I guess starting when I was younger, my inspirations were definitely Toby Mac. That was, that was a big one, you know, growing up was Toby Mac as well as, you know, as I've gotten older, more niche artists, one for me, that's actually really big. Not many people know him. His name is B Rice. He's a singer and a rapper. Um, I think he's from Nashville, kind of a dream of mine to do a, a song with him and I'm going to make it happen one day. Um, but I really like his music, um, as well as belief. I mentioned him previously, John Gibbs and Jay Givens have great wordplay. Um, great vibes. I love it. But even the hip hop OGs, like you have to pay respect to the hip hop OGs. I mean, one thing like Tupac told very real stories. Eminem, definitely. He had his vibe and a lot of the stylistic inspirations that I get from these rappers. One thing for me was being a Christian. My music um, is clean and has a, a lot of a different message that you don't hear in rap and hip hop. In fact, when I was younger, if I said I rap and I'm a Christian, it was like, what the heck? Those two don't go together. And so I made music. Sometimes I'd hear songs that I love the beat to, but I said, I wish there was a clean version of it that I could have. So for me, I took the beat and I'd rap over them. And so I listened to all of you know those those guys. For me in particular, um, Logic's Logic's ability to use words. Um, I really love his ability to use words. So he's a big inspiration as well. A lot of times people say that I sound like him too. And I mean, I, I might, I try to go all over the place, but that's, that's a big one too. And, but then when it comes to, you know, like R and B and stuff, um, Daniel Caesar is really great. Even though I don't sound like him at all, I'm inspired by him. Um, as well as Jacob Collier. I think he's a modern day Beethoven. He's absolutely brilliant. His ability to understand music and to put it together. Um, it's a dream of mine to go to one of his concerts, Jacob Collier. If you don't know his music, I definitely look it up. He's got nice jazz R&B vibes. And if you come up to Rochester, New York, we have the International Jazz Festival. So if you want inspiration, jazz, it's all here. And I love jazz. So that's a big inspiration too. That is so cool. Um, Matt, any current artists that inspire you? Yeah, like artists that continue to inspire you with writing and all that. Yeah, for sure. So I mentioned Mark Schultz. Um, he was definitely a huge one growing up. I, I want to mention a couple on on both sides. Um, so from the Southern Gospel side, uh, probably the biggest one that is an insp- uh, inspiration right now and has been growing up is a guy named Joseph Habedank. And he hasn't been around super long, um, but he's a solo artist and really good Southern Gospel writer. Um, and he definitely kind of goes all over the place. He's got some really quiet, thought-provoking stuff. Um, and then he's also got 
um, some pretty good jam stuff too. So um, he's one on, on that side. And then on the country side, um, I, I'm I'm very particular with with country. A couple of the people though that um, I definitely follow um, and like a lot of what they have is uh, um, three small market artists. One of them is named Kevin Mills, and he does some small market country. But then there's two younger guys, um, Lawson Bates and Noah Schnacky, and both of them have some some pretty good uh, country stuff um, that I tend to tend to follow and and kind of take after with some of my writing um, from a countryside. Very cool. You should go and check out Buddy Brown. He's he's also one of those ones who, who's uh, solo and he's on Spotify. You check that out and see what you think. Yeah, I will do that. Well, Michael, if you're listening, we just like name drop a million things. I don't know if you can list all that down below, but guys, you should definitely check those out. But uh, what will... I got be... like 30 more if you want them. <laughs> Donnie, <laughs> comment below. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, but what will be listed down below... Uh, is what you guys are up to. So as we close out this episode, I want you guys to tell us what you've been working on. Tell us where you can uh, find you guys and hear some of what you've worked on and, and different things. Uh, Michael, let's start with you. Tell us what you've been up to. 30 seconds, share whatever you want. Oh boy, uh, can't really say a whole lot. Uh, I have like a million NDAs right now. Um, I can <laughs> yes. say that if you're a fan of music crossovers, I have an EP, an album, and Four singles I'm working on with different people that are dropping soon. Hopefully, follow the Instagram at the Michael Plunk to find more. Um, but I'm also doing a lot of video performance stuff. Basically, I'm I'm here to help make connections. If you need any sort of advice, any help, if you need someone to listen to your track and uh, hop on Zoom and help you out, hit me up. I don't bite. I am like the most down to earth person, just here to help everyone learn music. Go stream uh, my remix of Alinium's track Story of My Life with Swaco and Trippy Red on SoundCloud. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ah, uh, man. Michael does not blight. I can second that. Go check him out. Joy Lloyd, tell us what you're up to. Hey, guys. If you want to check out any of my other music, you can find me on YouTube, SoundCloud, and Facebook at J. Lloyd Official, as well as on Instagram at J. Lloyd Music. You can also catch me on Brian G's newest single, Power Cipher, found on Spotify. Um, Matt, do you have anything going on with you guys? Um, yeah. So if you want to check us out, we're on Instagram at Rocky Brothers Music. Um, we also have got a website, rockybrothers.com. Um, we've got our uh, spring tour. I live in Virginia. My brothers live in Wisconsin, so we don't do as much uh, nowadays as we did before. But um, we do have a uh, spring tour up in the Midwest um, in April. So um, still getting ready or starting to get ready for that. So sweet. Watching out for that. Donnie, how about you? Well, I mean, you got to give me a sec. I'm following everybody. So I need to have a moment to so just so I can make sure I keep up with everything. Um, no. So I, you know, I teach guitar lessons primarily right now. And so um, you can go to the website, donniesguitarlessons.com. And I have some videos on there of myself playing a few songs and that sort of thing. And then just talking a little bit about what I do with that primarily. Um, in the next few months, uh, you can also follow me on uh, Facebook. So if you go to Donnie's Guitar Lessons on Facebook, uh, I'm on there as well as Instagram. And so if you look on those uh, those platforms, I'll post stuff on there with uh, videos. Right now, I'm really trying to get my students to publish stuff. So if you go on there, you'll be able to see kind of what my students are working on um, more than just myself. And so that's kind of what my purview uh, is at the moment. Very cool. Guys, thank you so much for being on this episode. This was so good. We talked about so many different things. And I'll be honest, there were so many other questions and topics that I wanted to dive into. Maybe we'll do a part two. Maybe, maybe. 
Let us know down below if you want that. Go check out uh, what these guys are doing in the show notes below. Uh, for you guys, thank you very, very much for spending time with me and just chatting music. We really should uh, hopefully do this more. And um, yeah, if you're uh, a bounder, a SEND student listening to this, and you are thinking of going into music or you're just curious about the process of producing and all these things, hey, check out the guys below, DM us or um, reach out to us and we'll see if we can connect you to one of these guys. Thank you guys for listening and I will see you guys around. So genuinely, you guys listening, um, thank you so much for joining us for this session. You really should check out uh, the links below, we've linked uh, all the different social medias and SoundCloud links for our various artists. They are very talented. And so, yeah, excited to hear more, especially with the upcoming projects. Um, and David, uh, I don't know about you, but there are so many new suggestions I am very much going to be checking out. Seriously, so many good music recommendations. Yes. Yes, for sure. Uh, and I do want to add too, if you have questions or thoughts, I do want you guys to reach out. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, comment below. If you're on Spotify, there's links to contact us here at Unbound. These are good friends, but um, again, very talented. So if you're a student whose Ascend project is looking into music, or if you have uh, any thoughts on just what the process is like, you want to learn more, reach out to us. And speaking of reaching out, David, tell us a bit more about Ascent and uh, what's going on there. I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard about it. But yeah, David. Yeah. So especially if you are new around here, you may not be aware of what we do here at Unbound. We are a project-based education company. And pretty much all of the guys who were here on this episode went through our Ascend program, which is our higher education program that equips students for real life with uh, real world experience while working towards a college degree. So early enrollment closes for the 2022 Ascend class on February 28th, which is coming up very soon. On March 1st, the price is going to be increasing by $250 and free travel for two of the three events is going to be gone. So uh, that's a big incentive if you're interested early. Uh, also, if you are a student listening and you know someone who you think would be a good fit for Ascend and you refer them, they will get $250 off their enrollment and you will get free registration to Apex. So if you want to learn more about Ascend, visit beunbound.us slash Ascend. Now, especially on that last part about Apex, Apex is a really exciting event you should check out. Uh, Abe, tell us a little bit more about that. Yes. So Apex is our national event for all Unbound students and those interested in uh, and learning more about Unbound. Uh, for all the guys who were just on this episode, they definitely got together, um, became friends at Apex. So um, if you want to see uh, some of the performances from these guys, check out the archives, check out the Be Unbound YouTube channel to see uh, J. Lloyd and Donnie and uh, I saw Matt and his crew performing. It is fun stuff. This year, 2022, we have apex story join the story i should say it is all about the power of story specifically our stories why they matter why it's important to them and how they intertwine with the greater story god's story go register at beunbound.us slash apex
And finally, last but not least, uh, if you've heard us around here at Unbound talk about our Navigate course, uh, it is typically something that we only run in the fall and the spring. But for this year, we are for the first time running a summer Navigate class. Uh, if you're not sure what Navigate is, it is our life purpose course that allows uh, young adults to learn decision making in a stress free way. So uh, for the first time ever, like I said, we are running that summer class on May the 2nd. And if you are an Unbound student or an alumni, you can register for $100 off. So visit beunbound.us slash navigate to find out more. So thank you very much, as always, for joining us here on the Be Unbound podcast. Please join us next week for episode number 71. Thank you so much for joining. And as always, Be Unbound.